Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Jenny Tyson who's with us today, is an illustrator and writer, and she has been practicing and studying intuitive skills for many, many years. She is the author of Spiritual Alchemy and the Art of Scrying and Dowsing, and she's here to talk about her new book, The Art of Channeling. Jenny has been on with us before discussing her earlier book, The Art of Scrying and Dowsing. In her new book, Jenny refers to the art of scrying and dowsing. So if you would like to listen to that interview again, it is available on Voice America and any major podcast platform under my show name, Metaphysics of View Through the Veil. It originally aired on October 8th, 2021. But now let's bring Jenny on to talk about her new book, The Art of Channeling. Hi, this is Barb Crowley, and welcome to Metaphysics of View Through the Veil. Today, we're talking to Jenny Tyson. She's an illustrator and writer, and she's been practicing and studying intuitive skills for many, many years. Longer than I <laughs> she, want to admit. <laughs> <laughs> she's the author of Spiritual Academy and the Art of Scrying um, and Dowsing. I have to say, Jenny was on with us before talking about the art of scrying and dowsing and her new book, which is um, the God, I have to look it up. What is it, Jen? It's the art of channeling, the art of channeling. I'm sorry Um, that um, she is referring back during this um, during her book to the art of scrying and dowsing and you'll be able to come onto the podcast and listen to that interview as well. So if you want to refer back to that. So I'd like to welcome Jenny to our well, thank show. You. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. I'm so glad to see you again, Jen. It was fun and it was great. I've, I've read most of your book. I didn't get through it all, but it's fascinating. So I want you to start off with it because I'll jump right in the middle and then have to back up. And that never works out well. First, how did you become interested in channeling? You know what? Let's start with what is channeling? Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, Channeling is now in this book, I define it as any form of telepathy, which can include person to person, person to animal uh, or person to spirit or quasi spirit. And (laughs) (laughs) so it can channeling can be communication that is nonverbal and doesn't involve physical signals such as um, you know body language. It's mm-hmm. it's a remote it's a remote viewing version of communication. Of, but it, you don't bring a spirit into your body. A lot of channelers will have the spirit almost use their body or speak through their body. Yes, you don't do that. No, what I've done, I, I have a great deal of respect for that, for, mm-hmm. for, the, for the deep trance channelers. Um, and that was, that's what really started my interest in channeling many years ago. 
I was I was just fascinated by that, um, by what it was, and and how did that happen, and what you know what does it mean, and everything. That was that was my my start. But what I wanted to do with this book is do something that the average person can do. Um, deep trance channeling is, is if you build it up as a skill, it's a difficult skill to build up. It takes a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. Um, some people are naturally able to do it or, or it comes easily. It's just like music, you know, anybody can go and plunk the keys on, on a piano and anybody can learn to read music and coordinate the music to your hand movement. However, Mm -hmm. some people take to it much more easily than, others and i call that talent (laughs) (laughs) talent i don't want so i wanted something that anybody could use and Mm -hmm. it was the same way with my scrying it's like because i'm not naturally a really talented medium or psychic it's not it's something that i had to learn from scratch because when I started, I really couldn't, do, I, I could douse a little bit, but I really couldn't do very much. And I found it very frustrating. And for uh, our audience, dowsing can be um, using a pendulum or yeah. you have tapping on paper. Yes. 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 So I just wanted to pull that out because, you know, a lot of people think dowsing is the, you know, with the, with the stick. Yeah. And that is a form of dowsing, but. Oh, but, certainly. You use a pendulum quite often. Yes. Mm-hmm. I I like, um, my favorite is the pendulum, is the pendulum dowsing. I've got, got a collection of pendulums almost almost as big as my tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to build another room yet? <laughs> oh, well, you can, I don't know, you can't really see in this room here. I don't know if the, um, this is, this is a library. Yeah, yeah, it's very dark in here. Um, this is a live. This entire room is mm-hmm. wall to wall, floor to ceiling books. Wow! Wow! This is one of four rooms that in this house that are like that. Well, it's not only you though. You're married to Donald Tyson. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, the writer. So it's not only you filling up all four rooms. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, One thing I like the way you channel, because I was always and I've been trained to channel and I did it. The kind that the spirit comes into my body. I will not do it alone. I have to have another psychic with me. I don't like the idea of who are you coming in? And um, when you pull out, did you leave a little back door open? You know, so I almost never do it. You know, I just don't find it safe, frankly. So your method of channeling, I am much more comfortable with, Mm -hmm. which is a telepathy and to talk to the spirit. Right. So I told you I'd jump in the middle. So let's go back (laughs) to um, your method of channeling. It's a very, this is a gentle method. I mean, for somebody, especially somebody just coming into this, into into channeling, it's very gentle. You don't have to like go into an altered state. And I think it I think you'll find it a lot in, in some ways it's a little bit less intimidating. Um, mm-hmm. the setup, the setup's kind of complicated, but I use this I, I use it to um, enhance accuracy. And I go into some in the book, there are some advanced concepts um, that I kind of advanced from 
the scrying book. And part of the reason why that's there in this book, even though it's a beginner's book, is because at one time, this book and the scrying book were one book. It was one manuscript. It was around 600 pages long. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to turn that in because I knew what they were going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we don't do 600 pages. <laughs> so it, it would be a very yeah. difficult book to print because they have to print it so it holds together and, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And people are intimidated by that size book. Yeah. You know, oh, this is serious stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yours is very much for the beginner. Very, as you said, very gentle and very much for the beginning. Yes. And you use sketching. Um, okay, I'm jumping ahead. Um, well, that's okay. Let's talk about that. Because okay. that, this, that, con- that particular concept, it doesn't matter if you use the grab bag setup in this, the, 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 the technique for choosing your question for the mm-hmm. spirit. If you take the techniques that you already know and you use sketching instead of writing things out instead of like using automatic handwriting that's verbal use sketches instead just doing that in and of itself will improve your accuracy all right you know what i'm gonna back you up um, you know i read the book so we're okay you know i know what you're talking about but let's go back to um you do what i call blind read and and what you do is um so you bring somebody into the channeling mode, including how to get comfortable and and really take it from the basic on. Yeah. As if we've got them in front of us and we're going to make them do it now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to start, we're going to start channeling. And I, the first thing, the first thing that we're going to look at is who do you want to talk to? Mm-hmm. Now, I am, because of the way that I believe the universe works and the way that telepathy and channeling work, I believe that you could talk to any entity at any time from any location in the multiverse. It doesn't even have to be in this universe. You literally have an infinite number of beings that you can talk to. Mm-hmm. And you include with. ETs and um, people you've known that have passed on and as well yes. as just spirits out there. Yes. yes. Or Ernest Hemingway or Edgar Casey, which you talk about. I talked about Edgar Casey. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you know, in the spirit selection, the, the Raven spirit was the one that I found to be most intriguing because that wasn't actually my idea. It was actually a request. It was actually a request. Um, what did you call that spirit? The it, it was a spirit of the raven, the literal raven, the bird. Oh, okay. And I wasn't sure I had that me, right. A friend of mine wanted me to do an animal spirit. Uh-huh. Channel. They really wanted that in the book. And I'm like, okay, well, I've never tried it before. I have no idea how this is going to turn out. So I yeah. just dug in. I just went in and. And I, I wanted the I wanted the spirit to describe one of several a couple of different places, and all those places were local. Mm-hmm. And the and it and it it was an amazing thing because the focus of the raven spirit was on how to find food at the location that was drawn from the grab bag, which turned out to be Dalem Lake Park. 
a, a local park here. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the spirit was telling me about like the, the, the thing that really totally blew my mind is that the park shelters, it didn't yeah. like those spirit. That spirit didn't like that. It was warning me that those were dangerous. Those are traps. Oh, really? Oh, to and get underneath that roof. Ravens don't go under those. Yeah. They avoid them. And For I good never reason. noticed that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice that until I until I communicate and that until that spirit communicated with me. Then I watched the ravens in the park that summer, because that's where I go swimming, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the places I go swimming, and they never go under those shelters. They wow. never go underneath them. Um, the other thing is, is that the spirit warned me about the clacking sound. And it was and it was like a car door shutting. It even oh. I even sketched it. And that yeah. clacking sound like that, the clapping sound, it takes as a threat. And is that a car door closing? It was a car door closing. And it sound, to the raven, it sounded like something that was threatening, like a threat. Yeah. Beak clacking. It compared it to beak clapping its beak. Oh, I see. So yeah. it was trying to, I don't know if it was either trying to imitate the sound or if the beak clacking means that, that there's a threat nearby or it's a threat to one to another. Wow. So go ahead. Okay. So we were talking about selecting. We're going to go back to selecting spirits before I got off on my tangent. Um, When you start doing this, you need to do this with somebody that you feel comfortable with. And usually that's a family member that's passed on, Mm -hmm. you know, because you know that person and you feel comfortable with them. Um, It's best not to get too adventurous on those first, on those first sessions. Yeah. You know, so, so first you get, you get comfortable, you sit down or lay down if you're more comfortable, except you say, don't lay down, you'll fall asleep. <laughs> no. The best <laughs> thing to do is sit up at a desk with a pen and pencil. Mm-hmm. And okay. if you want to keep a notebook, you, you keep a, this is, this is, this is a, actually a, a book that uh, I don't know. I have channeling sessions in here. Okay. It's you do, one. you do know that we're on radio, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's right. I can't show. I forgot. (laughs) She she was showing us some of her sketches from um, channeling. Okay, I have a sketch. And actually, we'll take one of them and we'll post it. But, you know, well, there's some there's tons of them in the book. Yeah, there is actually. I use a sketch. It's called a sketch diary. And Mm -hmm. I just put my sessions in there and then I write out the interpretation um, in a notebook. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now. Actually, the, the, this, the next, my next work in the future will be related to using the skills that I'm using that, that I've discussed in these first two books. Which, are, which is sketching and automatic writing. Yes. So it's the, both together. I call, I call the sketching, it's automatic sketching. And I, I totally emphasize that. I don't think you should be, begin as a beginner. I think you should focus entirely on the sketching because the deeper mind, the subconscious mm-hmm. works in terms of, of uh, visual imagery. It's very visual mm-hmm. most of the time. You're, you're safer, accuracy-wise, and, and you're less likely to miscommunicate or misunderstand the spirit or go off into, you know, like a belief bias, like a bias situation um if you sketch Mm -hmm. 
So sketching, automatic sketching, sketching the things that the spirit is talk is is giving you, sketching what comes to your mind first. This is always the best way to go. It's better than writing. So um, the you talked about the biases, which is a big problem with any reader. You know, yes. that we we're bringing our own stuff to the table and it's hard to tell which is our stuff and which is, you know, coming, which from, is the coming from the spirit. Yeah. I always call it. I have to stay neutral to be able to read. I have to be neutral. Yes. And I, I just call it neutral. And that means that I have no bias. I have no opinion. I have no mm-hmm. judgment. I'm really just here watching with almost none of me here, yes. you know? Um, so um, to get to that point for you to do that, you've mentioned the grab bag a couple times. Yes. And um, tell us to get back the grab bag and why you use it. How do you use it? And what do you okay. put in there and why you use it? I write up a series of questions that I want to ask a particular spirit. So I know which spirit I'm channeling. Mm-hmm. And I have a series of questions that I want to ask that spirit. And I think I usually, I usually go with at least five. I, I like five to 10 in the mm-hmm. grab bag. It depends on what I'm doing, but I never go less than four. And I do this all. I never, I never go without the grab bag myself. I very uh-huh. rarely do that. I don't like, I, I do better with it. My work is better. It keeps um, you neutral. It keeps you. Yes. With, but. And the other thing right now, I'm getting complicated on your own book. The other way to do it is what you call front loading, which is to um, give the person information up front that they would read from. Right. But if front loading is when you know the question that you're going to be asking the spirit, you know who the spirit is and you know what the question is that you're going to be asking. I don't like I don't like working with front loading myself. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I find, I find it doesn't matter how good you are or how, you know, how good you are. I find that you still tend to have those biases when you front load. Mm-hmm. And I like, and, and with my, cause mine, I mean, my work, the work that I do, the communications I do is really cutting edge. I'm looking for, I'm looking for stuff like information on healing and advanced civilizations, stuff that nobody knows anything about. Right. 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 And, you know, when you're doing that kind of stuff, I've got to have the best possible chance of communicating accurately with that spirit. And I'm also often working with a spirit that's a non-human spirit. It doesn't, may not even know what a human being is. You know, in some cases, that's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's, you know, the way that I focus the session is, you know, I'm I'm hoping to catch something that's 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 relevant to a human being. But I Mm -hmm. I don't know. I may not be connecting to a human being when I do that. Um, And so so in those kind of situations, I don't recommend doing front loading. Um, Okay, or giving an an advanced skill for a beginner for the very beginner. Yeah. It is better if you do not, if you, if you write down your questions, you put them in a grab bag, you pull out one of those questions out of the grab bag and you set it aside without looking at it. Then do your channeling session before you look and see what the question was. And when you do that, when you do that, you will find out that you were indeed communicating with that spirit. Mm-hmm. You will, you will see it 
you won't see it while you're doing the session. You feel like I'm making all this up. Yeah. That's yeah. what it feels like when you first start. And that's okay. That's it. You feel disconnected. You feel like this can't be right. It has this feeling of disconnect. Like mm-hmm. this isn't, this can't be right. This can't be, this can't be the spirit until you look at your question. And then yeah. you start to really, and, 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 and even then you have to sometimes study the, the session carefully and then after a while you'll start to see oh my gosh it's really there mm-hmm. and it, i mean i had that i i still get that aha oh wow type of experience on revealing the target uh, as we call it in remote viewing but on revealing the question i mean when the raven when i did the raven spirit it was like oh my gosh it's real <laughs> especially after watching they never go underneath those uh roofs yeah and then yeah and then the the feedback was like how you know i mean it was just i i came up it was like it was it was really crazy and this happens now that was just a really really like hit me emotionally type of session i'm so glad i did it the edgar casey session was really interesting too but and they um Oh, Before we get into Edgar Casey, though, I want to back up a little bit. Okay. So the, you call the the biases we have to watch out for most is belief and expectation biases. Yes. And those are the two that seem to cloud a lot of readings. Yes. Um, our mind, we when we when we sense something like when you hear me talk, your brain interprets my words and forms mm-hmm. impressions based on what you are hearing. It's a sensory pathway. Same thing with your eyes. You see something, your brain interprets that information. And it interprets it with what we already know. With what you already know. So like, I know that you are sitting on a chair, that there is a couch in the background with a pillow on top of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because my eyes see that and that's my interpretation. But when you interpret subconscious data, um, that interpretation pattern tends to not work as well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work as well, especially for a beginner, because you have to train your mind to understand what those things are. It's like a child, like a child has to be taught. This is a tree. This is, this is a couch and everything else. They have to learn that, mm-hmm. that pathway. When we start doing um, scrying, remote viewing and channeling, you have to go through the same process again. Do they have sim- uh, different symbols than or uh, than we have, or do you have your own symbols that you don't know about yet? <laughs> I'm not sure what up? you mean. Uh, can you can you explain that a little bit? I didn't. I'm not sure. Yeah, so let's say if they show you, and actually in your book you talk about a bicycle. You know, yeah. if, they, if they show you a bicycle, that might be a symbol for you of movement and freedom and. And um, speed, it could be even. Yes. You know, Um, those symbols. Only when you're driving down Boulder Canyon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, then it's panic. Yeah, then it's panic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know. (laughs) um, Another thing, too, you talk about the nexus. Yes. This is. Okay. You tell me. Wait a minute. We're going to too many topics at once here. Let's let's slow down. Um, Let's slow down a little bit. Okay. Going, going back to how we interpret the data. Okay. Um, The, the data may be, you may, you may come up with internal symbols. That's why it's important to draw everything 
possible. The symbols come from inside of you. So like for me, a bicycle means going outside, fresh air, um, you know, exercise, sweating, panting up the hills, mm-hmm. holding yeah. the brakes tight down, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. all those, all, a bicycle means all those things to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but to somebody else, a bicycle may mean something related to transportation, going and getting groceries or right. something like that. So everybody's symbol, symbology is going to be different. You know, there's a lot of like dream symbols and, and things like that that come in books. And I don't think that, it, I mean, that can work. You can train your mind to work that way. I think it can be trained, but um, it's not how a beginner is going to perceive things. They're not going to perceive it according to a symbol dictionary to start with. Mm-hmm. It's you have to understand your own symbology first. And so you look at whatever you drew, like if you draw a picture of a bicycle, you have to, you, instead of just sticking with the bicycle, then you have to expand on that and say, what does that mean to me? What does that make me feel? Mm-hmm. Feel like, so it's like, you know, does it make you feel like this is related to transportation? Am I going and getting groceries? Am I going to work? That kind of thing. So you have to kind of expand that as much as possible. You also want to expand the shapes. So what shapes are on a bicycle? Well, you have the round wheels, you have the spoke shapes, um, you have the frame of the bicycle. Maybe you have panniers, the saddlebags on the bicycle where you carry things in. So there's all kinds of things and it's very individual and you just break it down into what it means to you, what it looks like to you. And when you go back and reveal what your question was, you're going to find some aspects of that description of the bicycle are going to match what was Mm -hmm. in that, what was in that. It won't probably be a bicycle per se, but there will be things within that. It's like that are nice, that are packaged within the idea of a bicycle that um, that relate to the to the question being asked of the spirit, like transportation or movement or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, also when you're drawing, um, when you're sketching, it's not often that you draw a whole bicycle, right? <laughs> um, not really. I mean, when I look at this, like I draw stick figures. The, the mm-hmm. stick figures in the book, that's because I'm going fast. When I do this, when I do this, I work really fast. And and speed's important. And speed's important because I try sketch everything the first time down. It's in stick figures. That's why I didn't clean it up and make it look pretty in the book. You mm-hmm. know, I, 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 I want to show people what the real session looks like. And it's going to be stick figure. I can draw better than stick figures. Trust me. But... <laughs> <laughs> but when I do a yeah, session, I <laughs> I, I'm working very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so, I mean, that's what it's going to look like. It's going to be crude drawings. It's going to be stick figures. Um, this looks like this. And yeah, it looks like a mess <laughs> when I do it because, because I go that, because I go fast. But most people, when they get experienced, they do, they, it's, it, they do that too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. We did a class. Um not too long after the after the scrying book was released. And and so I got a chance to see like a, a fairly large group of people. I got the chance to see how 
people did things individually. And then one person was, was like drawing one thing and it just sort of like expanded mm-hmm. and it expanded like that. And it got bigger and bigger, and, but it was all one drawing. And then some people like drew scenes and then switched the pages and like a, like a, like a comic. And everybody's very different in how they express that and how they express that. But when you go back through it, then we found, we found that every piece in those drawings and these were total beginners, total non-psychic, no training, beginners. Every single piece had something to do with the with the thing that was drawn out of the grab bag. It was it was it was mind blowing. That is amazing. Um, you know what? I want to take a, a break now, and when we come back, I want to talk about those questions and how to format the questions you put into the grab bag. Sure. So we'll be right back. One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, this is Barb Crowley, Metaphysics of Youth Through the Veil, and we're back with Jenny Tyson, and we're talking about her new book, The Art of Channeling. And we have been talking about how, um, how you depict spirits and how do you get comfortable and kind of how you get ready to do it. And now we're going to talk about how, to, how do you um, format the uh, questions for your channeling experience. So I'm going to give okay. it back to Jen. Okay. What I, what I would like to do um, is have, make sure that we have something that, that you could take away from this, from this radio show and use it. Even if you don't want to use the whole technique, you can use part of it or, you know, pick up some helpful hints that, um, that, that may help you. Um, if you're a total beginner, the book's a good book for, for a total beginner, though, um, because it takes you through everything you need to know. Now, when I, when I, do, when I do channeling, I have, I have a series of questions that I'm going to ask the spirit. And um, I'm, going to give you, I'm going to give you an actual example of one that I am currently working on. Um, describe, okay, so we, we start out, I always like to start out with the word describe, because this, this directs both you and the spirit to expanding those descriptions. You don't want to go into tell me, and then, you know, keep it, keeping it small. You want to open the door. So describe is a good word that opens, opens the door. Um, visual, and it's like, 
it, and it's a visual word. So it encourages visual, it opens you to visual perceptions. It's not so much for the spirit's benefit, it's for your benefit so that you're opening your mind to that channel. Okay. So you're programming in essentially you program your subconscious and also you're getting yourself in, in line with that spirit. So the, um, and the other, I see. Okay. So like, like um, this, this is, this is an actual, this is an actual um, question that's related to the next book. Describe the energy healing practices of advanced civilizations who have the capabilities of interstellar exploration that are learnable and usable by terrestrial humans. Wow. You see how, <laughs> now I've already established now, I've already established that there are energy healing practices in a previous session. This has already been established because otherwise you would want to find out if the energy healing practices are practiced at all by other civilizations. Mm -hmm. Maybe they just use pharmacology. We're primarily, you know, in, in, especially in North America, we're primarily, we primarily use pharmacology and surgery. Mm -hmm. Those are Drugs. our two big ones. Drugs are... and cutting. <laughs> <laughs> we like to slice and dice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in, okay. So, so I, I established that, I established that parameter first before mm -hmm. I, and so this is a question based on that previous session, but you see how very specific it is. Energy healing practices of advanced civilizations. So I'm, I'm looking for advanced civilizations who have capabilities of interstellar exploration. So I, I'm talking about a civilization that could potentially come to earth, even if they have, whether they have or have not, because I don't know. And I want to be specific, um, but yet leave it open to the possibility that there are advanced civilizations that ha don't even know about earth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I oh, can't, yeah, I'm I not going to say it's going to yeah. be one of the ones coming here. Maybe we've got a bunch of pirates and, and you know, not so advanced. Crazy uh, people, yeah, crazy people. <laughs> or crazy beings. We could, we They're could, not even yeah, we could, we could have we could have yeah. crazy civilizations visiting yeah. us that aren't the norm. We don't know that because yeah. we have nothing to compare it to, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't. We just don't know that. Um, and the other parameter that I wanted is that I wanted this to be learnable and usable by terrestrial humans. Mm -hmm. So it's very specific. I'm looking for a description. I'm looking for a description related that's more advanced but to a civilization more advanced than our civilization. And that I also want this to be something that's learnable and usable by terrestrial human beings. I want it to be useful. I want this mm -hmm. to be practical. Okay. You want us to be able to do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't ask for it, you're not, you're probably not going to get it. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very specific about what you ask for because there is literally an infinite number of things that could be said about any given topic, right? I mean, if you consider all the possible civilizations in all dimensions, healing as a topic, I mean, we don't, we don't even know yeah. all the possibilities for that. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of narrow that down. And that's, a, that's the way it, that's why this is a good example because it's like a it's like a huge practical topic. Mm -hmm. I mean, can, can you imagine if I got some really good information on that session? That would have you be, done the session yet, or you're just setting I've it done, up? I, I've done 
I'm, I'm up to about five, you know, about 10 sessions on this one. I've, I've done wow. 10, ses 10 sessions. I've established communication with a race that is similar to humans and, and they're, and I'm, and I'm contacting them regarding these, these, these questions. So you can do multiple sessions on the same question. Oh yeah. 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 And this is like, I'm, you know, this, I'm just up to 10. Um, out of and the and, and ten session, there's a list of how many. What's my list here? Two, three, four, seven, eight. Yeah. Okay, I've got eleven questions, and these questions are are follow up on a list, another list of ten questions that I did earlier, which was another follow up on a list of five. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that though. So in your grab bag, the first time you put in, let's say, ten questions. Yeah. So you, you pulled one, you've set that aside, and then did, you, you channeled. I did and, my and channeling session. Yeah. I sketched everything out. And then and you then did automatic writing from that? Well, it's, the, the sketching is automatic writing. Okay? okay. It's in the form of sketching. It doesn't come out in words. Okay. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different than the traditional Kardec type automatic writing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing because because I find that the sketches, the reason being to find the sketches are more accurate. Okay. Okay. That's why that's why I encourage people to do that. You're gonna have some writing. There's okay, there's gonna mm -hmm. be some writing always. But yeah. you want to focus, you want to try and get the sketches whenever possible. Because spirits will communicate, especially non-human spirits will communicate in form of images. Mm -hmm. They form images in your mind, a flash of a series of images or a flash of a series of emotions. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even the emotions I, I tend to draw out like a cloud black and it's scribbly for um, something that feels angry or intense and like a light yellow for something that feels uplifting, you know, and, and these emotions sometimes come in sequences. It can be a complex sequence of emotions sometimes when you're channeling. And you that's have how to they be very quick on this. You have to be quick. But yeah. But sometimes I find the sequence of emotions to be a little bit confusing because we don't really communicate that way it's, and there appears to be some spirits or some creatures that that communicate in a sequence of emotions mm -hmm. or rather than images so it's that that if you get that someone that communicates like that it can be like wow <laughs> can you replace your spirit huh? can you say why don't you replace your spirit so if they're communicating in emotions and you're not at that level yet you need pictures can you say, oh, you know, move over? Who else can help me? <laughs> yeah, I change if, yeah. If, you, if you need to. But it was kind of fascinating. Now, most of the emotion sequencers that I've run into have been in spontaneous channeling um, that happens to me at nighttime. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, some, what I do in, sometimes in a situation like this is I call an angel, like I'll call Gabriel, who's a friend of mine. I don't know if he's like a different being or if he's human or if he was a human. Anyway, he's, he's, he is my go-to if I have a question or if I'm having trouble understanding somebody or if I don't feel real comfortable with something, because, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, he'll, 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 if it's a spirit that has bad intentions, he'll get rid of them. Um, okay. But that's so not, he's that's like not, a gatekeeper and an interpreter. He's a gatekeeper, but he's also my guide. Yeah. And, and like, he will explain to me, cause I can understand him really well. He will mm -hmm. explain to me if there is, if there is something that I need to know about this type of entity 
or being mm-hmm. that was trying to communicate with me. Edward Kelly's another one. I talked to Edward Kelly all the time. <laughs> and so, who is Edward Kelly? I wasn't really familiar with him until I saw you. Edward say Kelly and Dr. John Dee, these are occultists from the 16th century. They're alchemists, they practiced alchemy, and they communicated with angels and came up with a complex language and all kinds of like um, charts and everything else like that related to that. As they were trying to find the secret of metal alchemy, they're trying to transform lead into gold. And they actually succeeded one or two times, if you believe the accounts that are um, uh, told about them. Um, So, and, and he was the one I was very, this whole, this whole, experience with channeling started with Dr. John D and Edward Kelly, this whole, and that was like over a decade ago. It's when we first moved here into, into the um, Cape Breton, Canada, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the city. And, and, you know, he was like my first, the first spirit that I really made a connection to that. I was really able to communicate well with. So did he still, teach you? Did he, he taught teach? me he, he taught me a great deal about channeling. I was initially doing radio channels on a radio, a ghost box. Mm-hmm. That was my You're first. You're the first experience. one who told me about ghost boxes. I was fascinating. Yeah. You want to explain um, what a ghost box is for everybody? Yeah. A ghost box is it's like a it's like a little AM FM radio that automatically scans to the stations. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the kind that I use. There's another kind that randomly spits out vowels and consonants. I don't find that that works very well. <laughs> okay. I like, and now you, you, you don't hear it when you, um, listen to it, but you have to record it and play back the recording. I slow it down a little bit. I slow the recording down a little bit. And if you listen very carefully, you can hear, you can hear, um, messages on it. From other dimensions. From there. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And it's not something like, it's not the really loud noises that you hear. It's a very subtle noise, um, subtle communication. Um, it's, it's difficult for me to use a ghost box anymore because I'm, I developed Claire audience since then. And I'll lean on my Claire audience right. before I listen to that. And my hearing's gone, gotten really bad um, over the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And Makes it difficult. It huh? makes it really difficult because you do have to have some hearing to in order to in order to use it. So yeah. what happens is is that instead of listening to what's on the on the recording, I'm going to my clear audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've established the can, communication directly at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. And okay. I use my I use my sometimes use my clear, but the clear audience I still find not to be as good as sketching. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Because of biases or it, why you is can, that? You can, your biases can overwhelm that communication, even in a situation where you're clairaudient, mm-hmm. even in a situation, even in a situation where you are face, like if you're on, you know, you encounter like an alien, an ET on the ground, if you're a contactee and you're having a telepathic communication, I've picked up biases, even on those, even face to face with a gray alien who is a primary natural telepath, that's their primary means of communication. Even in those situations where you have something that is very powerfully telepathic communicating with you, your biases can still overwhelm what that entity is saying, what that being is saying to you. Right. So that's which why is really how our mind works. It's just because yeah. of the way that it comes through. 
I mean, mm-hmm. it's a way that we're processing it the same way we process sensory information, senses of five senses. So when you, when you, when you do that, when you process it the same way, it doesn't work because it doesn't work the same way that your senses do. So you get, mm-hmm. you get into a situation where some of it's going to be accurate and some of it's not. So and you, you don't still, know which is which. <laughs> you, you can't always tell which is which. Yeah. 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 So, so now you've picked, I'm going back to this, this, um, we're talking you know, about selecting questions. Yeah. Okay. So you, you picked your question and then, and then you did sketching and you worked on that question. Um, and again, it's to the side, you have not opened it. No. So, so the next session, you come back to it. You're not finished with this um, whole subject, basically. Yeah. So when you come back to it, do you then pick another question out of that grab bag? Yes. Or, um, I, I, I will put it back into the grab bag. Okay. Uh, and I'll work this until I work all the questions or until I'm happy with what the information I have or until I want to eliminate some. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'll do I'll do like sometimes I'll do like uh two or three sessions in um, on one question and it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's randomly being drawn out of the grab bag. Mm-hmm. So you're so, randomly b- picking the same question. That well, question isn't not, done. It's, it, it's not going to be, it's not going to be like sequential. So like if I put it in the grab bag, usually I'll pick another question. I'll do that question, put it back in. I might do yet another question. It might be like four or five sessions before I get back to that question again. I say, yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, when you do a session, you want to make sure you do thoroughly so that you don't have to do too many. Uh, In the book, in the book, the um, Edward Kelly um, session was done in two sessions. And that was actually um, one of those rare times where I drew it out of the grab bag twice and two times in a row. And it doesn't happen very often. It just there was there was at least four other questions in that grab bag. And Mm -hmm. uh, I just happened, you know. It was just a random chance that I drew that advice. Or he didn't, he decided he wasn't finished with that question. <laughs> I'm sure there can be some again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, with um, in a situation, and you talk about this in your book, in a situation where you're asking question that um, out of the five questions, let's say one may be factual that you can actually go back and check the facts on that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, you know, in the question you just asked or the subject you just asked, we don't have that ability. I mean, there's no way you can fact check it. No, no. So we have to put a, we have to put a factual question. And I just, I go to um, a remote viewing, like the, the CRV, the control remote viewing target engines. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I just grab one off of the target engine and put it in there with the grab bag with the other questions. So at some point I'm going to grab the something that has nothing to do with the topic. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a description of a time and place and event. So right. the spirit at that point, the spirit is going to communicate to me. And that's sort of like a calibration session. That's to check your communication. And, and if you're working with a spirit, that's a positive spirit that wants you to learn how to do this. They're not going to have any trouble with the calibration session because they want to make sure they want you to be sure of your communication, mm-hmm. you know, especially human spirits who've lived here and understand the difficulties, uh, challenges that we have in doing spirit communication. 
They're going to try and help you. A good spirit's going to try to help you. Um, And so they will do their best to describe uh, what was taken out of that bag. Mm -hmm. So I've never had any problem with refusals or anything else like that. Doesn't have, I've never had that happen myself. Where a spirit just says, I'm not doing it. (laughs) If a spirit decides to do that, then I'm done with that spirit. I, I, there's, I, there's an infinite number of spirits out there and you know, I don't have time I mean, I, I can only do so many of these sessions mm-hmm. and, yeah. and there's so much that I want to find out. I don't really, I don't really have the patience to deal with, with stubbornness. <laughs> um, with um, once you find some good spirits that you communicate well with, do you stick with those spirits? I do. I tend yeah. to, but then I'm like that in real life too. Like I tend to have a close circle of friends. I tend mm-hmm. to stick with those people and and stick with them for a long term, like long period of time. I find crowds, lots of people, parties, that kind of thing. I find that overwhelming. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I'm yeah. kind of the same way with the, with the spirits. And, and it can be frustrating at times because spirits travel in groups a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> large groups, which can be like, I just feel like, will you just shut up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do they you all know? talk when they're in a group? Do they uh, all talk or just one out of the group? All the same time. Oh, geez. <laughs> and, and and it's like this happens at night and it's like, I want to go to sleep. Go away. <laughs> yeah. How do you kind of, kind of um, be done with them? So it's like, OK, we'll talk in in this. First of all, how long does the session usually last? Oh, depends on what I'm doing. Um, any 15 minutes to like 45 minutes. I rarely go over mm-hmm. 45 minutes. Okay. By then, you I'm get tired. Lose, you get tired. You get point? out of focus. Yeah. yeah I'd yeah. rather do shorter sessions more frequently. I do mm-hmm. better with that. Okay. Um, and then, then how do you end it so that the spirit, if the spirit's not ready to go away and say, okay, that was fun. I'm going home now. You know, how do you stop it? Well, once once I get up and start doing something physical, basically the spirit can't get into me, can't reach okay. me at that point. Because I it's it's more work for me to open than it is for me to close it up. Um, okay. Now at nighttime, at nighttime we can have more pro I, I I can have more problems because when I get into that hypnagogic state, especially if I'm having like a lot of trouble sleeping, then sometimes if it's they get busy or something's going on and uh-huh. it's like noisy and it's just like having people talking in your house. Oh, I would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in that case, in that case, what I have to do is I have to get up, I have to do something physical and then, and then come back. Um, so it's almost like once you get into your own body and become fully human again, yeah, and you then just it have breaks. To it. Get out of that hypnagogic state. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, that takes care of the problem. Right. You Can know. they come in anytime you're walking down the street and all of a sudden, you know, the spirits yapping at you about something? They can, but um, they can try. But yeah. but I really need to be in that hypnog. I have to be in a certain state. I have oh, okay, to be good. quiet in order for them to speak, or I have to focus on them. 
in okay. order for them to speak. Now, so they I don't some, have sometimes I can sense their presence, and this happens a lot at work too. I mean, like when I'm working in the hospital and everything, because there's you know if people are passing over, there's a lot of powerful energy related right. to that. And, mm-hmm. and, and in that kind of facility, the kind of hospital and everything else like that, where nurse works, you're going to have that going on at some, you know, most of the time at some point in time, especially on night at night. So you, you know, is there, you could, is it best to work at night or what, huh? you know, does it matter when you work? Is it best to work at night? Uh, I'm not a night owl. I work first thing in the morning. I get oh, up. Okay. I do this. I do these early. But you yeah. can do it anytime during the day. It just yeah. is personal preference. I yeah, I think it's just personal preference. At nighttime, I just I, I like to be quiet. I'm kind of introverted at night, mm-hmm. so yeah. that's that's kind of not a good time for me to be you know like interacting. Yeah, it's it's yeah. the same thing like with like with people. I mean, I I interact people best within the morning. I'm a I'm a lot more chatty in the morning than I am in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So. That's that's a, it's I'm the same way with this with the um with, with the spirits. spirits. I have to sleep first. And 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 like, you know, I mean, I'm not going to be able to channel until I have a nap. I sleep first and then when I wake up and my sleep gets lighter as the night goes on. Mm-hmm. Um then uh I sleep most deeply when I first go to go to sleep at night. Then uh then I have more uh I have more interaction. And you have more energy in the morning and you're more open and calmer. Yeah. 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 Um, we only have like two minutes in one, that one minute. What's on your bucket list that who do you want to talk to out there or what subject? Well, I, I want to continue. I'm, I'm interested with the one in you're on yeah. with this, this, this healing from advanced to civilizations. I want to find out about, about that. I was discussing, I was also discussing interstellar travel too. And how mm-hmm. they were how they were doing that turns out it's not really that advanced, um, but it's something that 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 takes a lot of skill. Um, it's more skill than technology. Some species don't even use technology. How and did they do it? It's it's basically a teleport a form of teleportation, astral projection. Oh, I say that was pretty advanced, but not technologically. You're right. No, but they're doing it together, united telepathically. That's the trick. You have oh, to have. Oh, so they, it's a combined energy. Of the, a yeah, number. they have to yeah. combine their minds and their Ooh. energies, and they have to focus exactly the same thing at the same time. Okay, we've got to stop here. I want to make sure everybody knows where to get hold of you and where to get hold of your book. Your book isn't coming out until July. August. Oh, August? Yeah. So, But you can pre-order now, August in 2022, because this will go out on the podcast. Yeah. Um, you can pre-order or you'll be able to get it probably on Amazon or any bookseller. Yes. Right. It's being published by Llewellyn Worldwide. Um, mm-hmm. So you can get it on uh, Llewellyn's uh, website or you can go to Amazon. Okay. And where can they get hold of you directly if they want to work with you directly? Um, best The best way um, probably is on Twitter. Um, I, Jen Scry on Twitter. I gave you the link. Mm-hmm. Um, you can post the link and, and we'll post all of this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the, that's probably the best place because okay. it's a very open format. Um, Facebook I'm in, but I don't know. I mean, it, I got a feeling that Facebook's going to kind of be phased out. Mm-hmm. But and Twitter phased in. 
I think Twitter is going to eventually kind of overtake Facebook again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are you still doing classes or no? Um, I do face-to-face classes. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing with the Zoom, I find the Zoom to be rather difficult to work with a class. Yeah. Um, it might be in the future. It might not. But it won't probably will not happen until I retire from nursing finally. <laughs> and Again. we're to see how successful. Again, right? Yeah. Oh, this will be my like third attempt to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to have to end now. Jen, thanks so much for being on the show again. I thoroughly enjoy having you on. And uh, so thank you. Thank and you very have much a great weekend. Me. Have a you great too. weekend. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.